0: Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive deep. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Erin here. Kyle just got back from vacation and she's getting back to reality. So she's not here with me today, but I do have someone else on the show that you guys are going to absolutely love. Um, It's my friend, AJ Gavoni. She's a yoga teacher, a holistic fitness trainer, and a super creative person. She's originally from the Seacoast, New Hampshire, but is an absolute world traveler. Now, I've known AJ for years and I'll tell you about one of my personal experiences with her in a minute, but I just want you guys to know that she is the real deal. And the two of us always have the best conversations when we're together. We always dive into the deep stuff. So when I first started this podcast back in October, she was at the top of my list of people to interview because I knew we would have some good good convos on the air. So let me give you a little bit of a background about AJ before before she comes on. Um, She's been guiding people through exercise and well-being for over a decade. She is the co-founder and creator of Wild Vibes Fest, which I'm going to have her talk to you guys about in a little bit. She's also the founder of Girl Be Fit. She's a very busy bee. AJ is passionate about bringing people together in unique and uplifting ways. She's spent the last several years living, exploring, and learning in diverse places and cultures throughout the world. Her experience, her studies in various modalities and time spent in different communities are the source of inspiration and contribution to both her teaching and her lifestyle. And I'll also toss in there the programs that she creates. So she's absolutely loved and well-known for her all-inclusive, challenging and supportive fitness and yoga classes. She works with clients on movement, mindset, and empowerment. She's brought yoga and fitness into the lives of action sport athletes, including pro snowboarders, surfers, collegiate teams, and she has taught for international brands and national events. This chick is everywhere. Her writings, her workouts, her modeling, they've all been featured in major national and international magazines, online publications, and brand campaigns. It's so funny, AJ, when I see your pictures like on something like major like Oakley, I'm like, hey, I know her. <laughs> um, she regularly partners with local businesses and members of the Seacoast New Hampshire community to offer yoga classes in a unique and social space. She's passionate about all things creative, community, and making a positive mark. So AJ, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Uh, Thank you for having me, Erin. I'm a huge fan of yours and your message and methodology. So I'm I'm honored to be here on this podcast. Did your intro
0: miss anything? Did I skip it? It's a lot. It's a mouthful. You
1: You do a lot. You nailed it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that was great. A lot of stuff you're saying, I was like, wow, awesome. You're like, I do that? I, do. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, yeah. Thank you for that. That's great. Um, I think really my main mission um, is to help shift someone's perception of what they believe to be true about themselves and change what they believe is possible and really help to find them a place of connection, empowerment, and acceptance within and, yeah, utilize movement, various practices, and community to do, to do this. So you nailed it. Thank you. (laughs) Well, you're
0: hitting the nail on the head because you certainly (laughs) helped me achieve a lot of that. So Kyle was so bummed she couldn't be on the show. She tried to make it, but it just, it was just too much. I mean, she like just touched down. So, um, one of the questions, really the big question that she had for you was what is a holistic fitness trainer? How might that approach Mm -hmm. and that philosophy be different than the typical personal trainer? And it was, I, I was I answered the question for her <laughs> by telling her about my experience with you and um, I figured that it would be a good story to share on the show because I think it really showcases exactly what you do and what you can bring to people. Um, I first reached so I know you just through the the yoga community, but I first reached out to you. Um, Hattie, my daughter, she's four now, and she was about six months old, and we had just moved to. Uh, Nottingham which is like 45 minutes away from most of my friends and my family and I was nursing around the clock and I was um, felt a little isolated here just because it's a quite a drive to any yoga studios or gyms and so I really wanted to create this like at home fitness routine which is why I reached out to you so I just want to be clear it wasn't about like getting my body back after having a baby which is just like a message that both you and I don't don't really align with. Um, it was like, I was like, I wanted to get my life back. I wanted to get my, like, just wanted to get my life back on track. But I was also not feeling my personal best. Like I was dealing, in hindsight, I know what I was dealing with. There was a lot of adrenal fatigue and dysregulation. Um, I also had an undiagnosed thyroid issue which is extremely common postpartum and honestly it's why I'm such an advocate for postpartum care and working with women who are dealing with fatigue and burnout issues because I'm a walking example of if that stuff is left unchecked these things can really progress into something much more serious and for me it did I you know 6 months after that I was I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease as you guys all know so I really am trying super hard to talk about this on as many different public platforms as possible because Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that I can intervene with clients at this level before it progresses to an autoimmune condition like mine did. So I approached you at this time of like feeling kind of like a little bit Unwell, but I really wanted to get into a fitness and workout routine. And you took so much time with me to get my backstory, to collect a lot of data. You asked so many questions. You had me fill out this really extensive health history form. And then you came back to me in a very non-judgmental, non-patronizing way you suggested that i stick to gentle yoga and walking until Mm -hmm. i felt fully recovered that was your yeah (laughs) that was your assessment and it you basically turned down my money because i wanted to hire you to be my personal trainer and you were like yeah no your body actually needs rest yeah which is definitely not what i reached out to you to hear (laughs) but it's exactly what i needed to hear at that time And it was honestly, it was in this moment and I keep, I always look back to that moment because it was in that moment that first of all, I was like, wow, AJ is the real deal. It really opened up my eyes to how different your approach is compared to the average fitness practitioner. You're not reinforcing messages that we already hear. You're Mm -hmm. teaching people to pave a new way for themselves by honoring where they're at, which I mean is exactly what you just said. Um, And I think a lot of people say that in the health and wellness field, but not many people actually put that into practice, particularly when there's money involved. So I just, I mean, it just showcased how, how much integrity you have. um, And I just love your approach. And you ultimately guided me to the understanding that the real healing was in surrendering. And I know that that might sound a little hokey and intangible to some people, but essentially I had to just surrender to where I was at and give my body a true break in order to do its healing. And that that was open-ended. It wasn't like you were like, okay, take two weeks of rest mm-hmm. and then dive right back in. It, it was like, no, you need to wait until your body is ready whenever that is. And it goes so far against our western mentality where everything like we seek out these very clear answers like give me the start date right? right yeah um so I think it was it was scary to heed your advice but I'm so grateful that I did and I'm so grateful to you for telling me to do that honestly mm. um so I'm curious to hear how you got to that point where you could go against the ingrained, do more, go faster, push harder mentality? Was it, was it more personal experience or was it working with clients or was it a little bit of both? Um, I just want to hear what brought you to the place and guided your approach in a different direction than the average fitness professional
1: yeah um definitely it was a bit of both and it's it's been a journey um and it took me quite a while to fully understand just how detrimental that mentality can really be to our overall health and happiness and well-being um yeah i'm a pretty driven and ambitious person and when it comes time to exercise that mentality can definitely encourage me But for a really long time, my default was to put a lot of pressure on myself and to be hard on myself and to um, really think that I always needed to be more, do more, and that essentially what was just wasn't good enough and... um, Yeah, it's a mentality that can still challenge me at times today, but because of what I've gone through and in my personal health and then through my work with hundreds of different women, I've really been able to fully experience just how that way of thinking can totally take you away from your true desired feelings, from your goals, with your health and your body and your personal and professional life. And um, yeah, for me, this realization on this journey, I guess it really starts back to probably middle school and the first time I can remember establishing a relationship with myself, um, and sadly, I would say that was one of disgust. You know, I remember being 11 or 12 and looking in the mirror and just basically hating myself. And that would be a gateway for bouts of disordered eating um, that would show up periodically in different ways um, throughout my journey. And and then when I was in my 20s, um, so it really wasn't that long ago, um, I went through about six years of pretty severe health issues and. For about five of those years, they were undiagnosed. So that adds just a whole other level of stress that entire time. Um, But also while I was going through this, my work started to shift from a physical focus with clients to to going beyond the movement because of what I started to see. And I mean, at the time, I was working with a lot of women that were high-level athletes. They were personal trainers. Um, They owned and they operated successful businesses. They were kind of that like go-getter, overachiever. They had a pretty good knowledge of health and nutrition, of exercise, and they were really fit individuals, Um, but there was something missing and there was a common theme throughout that I started to see, and I noticed it was best mentality, um, not feeling good enough, which was disguised in that do more, push harder, go, go, go. Um so yeah, like I said, um my work changed and I started to change how I essentially was treating and working with these people. And I really became enthralled in holistic health around this time. It was I started studying yoga and traveling and learning about Eastern medicine and the impact that stress has on the body and the impact that the mind has on the body and the relationship and and even though I was learning these tools and understanding them and believing in them, um, started to implement them with my clients, it, when it came down to my own health, I hadn't yet fully implemented these practices, which is kind of crazy, and looking back on it, but yeah, it took a while for me to catch up to that, and as a result, I went through, I went through quite a bit. Um, adrenal fatigue, leaky gut, polycystic ovarian syndrome, hormonal imbalances, Deep depression, high levels of anxiety, a lot of gut-related issues, um, underactive thyroid, SIPO, food allergies, kind of all over the map. I'm, I'm probably actually forgetting some. Um, <laughs> I know. It was a lot. Sounds so much like my journey. I, I know. And I started to see this happen so much in women, too. You know, I was I was not alone here. and But it wasn't something that I was regularly talking about because I think I was a little ashamed of it. Um And I would start to notice that I would gain weight. I was incredibly tired all the time. I was experiencing bouts of depression and anxiety. And originally, for a while, I wanted to beat myself up through this, which is, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I still wanted to push myself, and, you know, I'm a personal trainer. I should know better. I should do more. And I was operating in a lot of fear rather than love. Um, But, yeah, probably wasn't until the end of. 2016, winter of 2017, so it really wasn't that long ago that I was basically forced to be with myself and address what was going on and to change my internal dialogue and really starting to move from a place of love and kindness and support. Um, Yeah, the universe had handed it to me pretty hard at that time. I was really at my lowest. My health was a mess. I don't even really think that my closest people, um, you know, the extent of what I was going through that year, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I physically couldn't do much, and I decided to graciously pump the brakes on work projects and sort of goal-related activity and truly take care of myself and get to the heart of the cell. And when I started to actually bring in those practices for myself and what I was, you know, recommending for you and what I see a lot in women today, um, the weight started to come off, the symptoms subsided. And not only were they manageable, but I basically healed myself from them and definitely took A lot of work um, and one that dove deep beyond the physical surface, and one that allowed me to do years of negative thinking. And yeah, but also throughout these years, you know, I'd seen a lot of different doctors and. They all wanted to kind of just slap a prescription on me, and I've always taken a more natural route with medication, and I knew that there were other ways, so I didn't give up, even at times I kind of felt like I had exhausted all options, but I was following different protocols, and then I found someone who practices integrative functional medicine, and she really changed everything, but really this health journey, I would say, taught me to trust myself first and foremost and really listen to my intuition, and now I can say it it was probably one of the the best things I could have gone through. It's made me stronger in so many ways, and definitely so in tune with myself now that I don't follow anything strict when it comes time to diet or exercise. I just really move in in a way and eat what feels good for me. So yeah, it's kind of been a long journey, but it always is. <laughs> right? It always
0: is. Um, you said a lot there, and it's funny how a lot of different practitioners kind of had to go through their own like dark night yes. of the soul with their own Definitely. health issues. But I think it's what, I mean, you kind of touched upon this as I, I look at my illness as one of the greatest gifts that, that I've ever had because it was such a, an opportunity for growth. And mm-hmm. um, and it just taught me so much about myself and about working with people. And um, yeah, it just really forced my hand into like just a whole different journey. So um, I think... One of the things that I see in people that I really respect is the ability to walk their talk, right? Mm-hmm. I I see a lot of people saying a lot of things. I see a lot of people talking out of both sides of their mouth. So one of the things that I respect in this sort of day and age where anybody can be a wellness expert is somebody that that walks their talk, and that's something that you definitely do. And you know, it's probably has a lot to do with all of the the health issues that that you've gone through. Um, yeah. I totally relate to what you were saying about um, be- being a little bit embarrassed about the health issues, especially yeah. being in the wellness field, right. like the whole wellness field, and then the I weight know. gain that comes with that, and then sort of like feeling like a failure because you're supposed to know better.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think the ability to share that with people and, and the vulnerability that it takes to do that is just, is such a gift because it you other people get to see, you know, get to like, get to see into that and they can really relate to that. And I think that's so cool that you were ultimately able to do that. Um, but, you know, coming back to the, the, the clients that you tend to see, it sounds like a lot of the women that I see in my own practice, it's the go-getter, it's the people, you know, they're well-educated, you know, very smart, very driven women that, kind of know all the quote unquote right things to do Mm -hmm. it that's not what's keeping them back it's not like knowing not knowing what to eat it's not not understanding health it's it's this inability to give themselves grace it's their this beating themselves up over and over and over again it's this sort of like perfectionist mentality and um it's uh, the and it ultimately it, it often ends in a chronic illness. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that I see it, you know, I can completely relate to your, to your middle school story of having that yeah. self-hate and that self-disgust. And it's like, we talk so negatively to ourselves and we think so horribly with ourselves. And is it any wonder that we end up with these crazy autoimmune processes when, autoimmunity is essentially the immune system becoming confused and attacking your own body's tissues, yeah. right? It's self-attack.
1: Right. But the
0: way that I see it, I there's no surprise to me that I ended up with an autoimmune disease when I spent the majority of my life hating myself and all mm-hmm. of my thoughts were self-attack thoughts. Right. So can we really be surprised, you know, that we end up with these chronic health issues? So I think a lot of the work that you know both you and I do is trying to untangle that that web of self-hate and not feeling like we're good enough um, because it it's gonna manifest it always plays out physically right you know there's this indissoluble link between the mind and the body and we cannot escape it so you know it's it sucks that we have to go (laughs) go through such shit to get on the other side but (laughs) but it's effective I'll tell you that much definitely is um you know another thing you were talking a little bit about stress and something that came up is this, you know, I see a lot of food fear. I see a lot Mm -hmm. of stress around food, stress around our bodies, confusion around like what we're supposed to be doing in terms of food and exercise. And sometimes it comes from a health perspective, like what's the healthiest thing to do. Sometimes it comes from a weight perspective, like what do I do to lose weight? Sometimes it's a mix of both. And I am curious to hear your take on like, what that stress might be doing to us. How might the stress of worrying about food and worrying about our bodies, how might that impede our health goals and even our weight loss? Um, Is there, you know, have you seen this in your practice at all?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, chronic stress is like an epidemic in the Western world and it just stress really wreaks havoc on our systems, on our mental state, on our well-being. Um, and, yeah, and when the body is operating under these high levels of stress, it, it essentially can't really distinguish between a good stressor and a bad stressor. So it can start to cause all these other issues and, um, yeah, it can kind of just make everything go out of whack. And I would definitely say that stress has such – a huge impact on our health, on our happiness. It's maybe one of the the number one thing really of, um, yeah, what it can really do for our health.
0: So you just said something about good stressor versus bad stressor. And I want to unpack that a little bit. We have some listener questions about exercise and weight loss. Mm-hmm. I kind of lumped there was a lot of similar questions, so I kind of lumped them all together. But before we get into that. We're gonna get to those questions in a minute. Before we get into the whole exercise and weight loss thing, um, I want to first address that exercise is one of those stressors that you're talking about. It can be a good stressor yeah. to the body, but it is a stressor. And I think this is an idea that that might be hard for some of us to wrap our heads around because we're told all the time that we need to exercise. So how can something that is good for us also be a stress to the body, right? There's this like sort Mm -hmm. of disconnect in our mind. And we have the Western mentality, like you were saying, that if some is good, more is better. So of course this idea is gonna cross over into our dieting and our exercise. And I think what often goes unacknowledged is that there's this fine line between healthy movement and over-training and over-exercising. Mm. that line can be very different for everyone depending on your health background, but depending on what's going on in your life at the time. Um, interval training, just to use that as an example, mm-hmm. can it can increase stress hormones. I mean, you know this. It increases right. stress hormones in the body because you're essentially putting your body into crisis mode. This can be a good stressor. It's known as a hormetic stressor hormetic stressor because your body is Forced to adapt, which can be a good thing. That's mm-hmm. why we see such profound effects for fat loss, muscle growth, cardiovascular health, whatever, from interval training. But if, you know, we're talking about the clients that we see that are under this chronic life stress, so if your body is already under stress, the last thing you want to do is force it into a stressful situation that just doesn't make any sense so something that i often will tell people that is if your life stress is high your exercise stress needs to be low and if you're running around busy 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 if you don't get enough sleep if you don't Mm. eat enough calories if you rely on caffeine to get through the day right these are all stressors if you do have like a major life stressor going on like hey you just had a baby (laughs) or
1: like you
0: know you're breastfeeding around the clock and not sleeping like use myself as an example and then you're trying to do an intense exercise routine on top of that like that wears the body down man and yep. when you're when you've got these high stress hormones like if you've got if you're constantly pumping out cortisol over time that starts to wear down the immune system and that can cause it to improperly respond leading to something like an autoimmune disease. Now I'm not saying don't move your body. I'm a huge right. advocate for movement, but what I'm saying is that intense exercise or long bouts of exercise endurance training, stuff like that, it's probably not the most appropriate approach during a stressful season of your life. And I want to get your take on so this is me like as a, you know, as a, a health practitioner, but I'd love to get your take as a fitness professional on this
1: yeah i would agree with just about everything that you said um yeah because for the majority exercise is a it's a stress reliever and especially for situational stress and you probably have had the situation before where you're stressed out about something at work i had a long day you go out for a run take a fitness class and return feeling good more clear and productive and then and also too much inactivity so we don't move our bodies regularly and periodically throughout the day that's that's a stressor on the body and exercise movement, like you are saying, among, among many things, it helps to release tension, toxins, stored emotions in our physical bodies and in the mind. So it can be a really, really great thing um, for releasing stress. But like you were talking about with people that are chronically stressed, um, and this can be caused by many different things like you touched upon, and even that sort of low self-esteem or self-worth um, operating out of fear that do more personality, That's that can cause chronic stress on an individual. Um, so when it's operating in that state, you know, I will say, let's implement habits and exercises and practices that reduce this stress. And in some cases, I'm even actually having people back off from any goal related physical exercise altogether. And instead focus on things like walking outside, spending time in nature, deep breathing exercises, uh, yoga, meditation, restorative movement sleep and rest and just really focusing on taking their goal off from the physical body and instead nourishing what's going on inside and bring shifts to an area or areas of the life that they need paying attention to how
0: do people respond to that so if you're telling somebody to take and i'm asking this like as a practitioner like i struggle with this when you're asking somebody to take the emphasis off of the physical body and like put those goals aside how do how do people typically respond to that
1: Mm. yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, people don't always like to hear that you know Um, and maybe that's still operating in that quick fix something outside of ourselves can help us but I work with just implementing bringing things in and starting off really small you know not working on restricting anything or that you should be doing this taking this out but you know how can we add on onto your training program um going for a walk out in nature or deep breathing exercises whether that's before a meal or when you're sitting in your car in traffic and yeah it's it's usually an interesting response i don't think people like to hear it right off the bat um but when they start to bring it into their practice they they recognize um just how important it is and then they'll start to see the shifts in their their physical body and the way that they feel overall
0: um I'm just making a mental note of that because <laughs> like, I want to quote you on that. I, well, I, I mean, I just really like, it's like kind of like you, they have to put their trust in you in order to like, just like I did, like you just, just trust me. Like you're hiring me for a reason. You're paying me for a reason. You just trust my two cents and like, just take a break and see and see what happens type of thing. Yeah. Um, which I really like, you know, it's, I'll have a woman come to me and they have, Like a long list of all of these symptoms and these health issues. You know, I see a lot of thyroid. I see a lot of Mm -hmm. adrenal issues. I just see a lot of autoimmunity, a lot of gut stuff. And then they're also like, and I want to lose weight. And sometimes we have to table, and I say this, like we sometimes have to table the weight loss goals and the weight loss expectations in order to really heal. And that doesn't mean that you won't necessarily, you'll gain weight or you won't lose weight. It just means like that can't be a priority. And that's a hard pill for a lot of us to swallow because Mm -hmm. we've sort of been conditioned in this culture to think that health and wellness are synonymous with weight loss and leanness. So it's like, how do you you know, how do you untangle that for somebody? Um, it's, it's a really hard thing to do because we're like, well, weight loss is healthy, right? Being lean is healthy. Therefore, any means to that end is a quote unquote health journey, right? As long as I'm, as long as I'm losing weight or like have goals to lose weight, that's my health journey. Um, and that mentality really just drives me batty because it, it can sometimes be true, but losing weight is not always the same thing as getting healthy. It's, Mm -hmm. it's just programming. It's just the conditioning that we've received. That's why we believe that, um, not because it's the truth. So I like the idea of kind of just placing, placing trust in a practitioner and just, um, giving it a go and and seeing, you know, seeing what it can do for you. Um, I, I think, you know, you and I, we've talked about this a lot um, in private, how we see people get so swept up in the, the diets in the fads and the quick fixes. I mean, you just, you just said it yourself, like, I need the quick fix. I need to seek out the answers outside of myself, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, what I'm starting to see now is that there's some negative connotations with those with those words like quick fixes and mm-hmm. fad diets, but dieting manufacturers are savvy people. They're hip to this. They're hip that people <laughs> to the, to this game that people like don't want that anymore. So they're starting to use more buzzwords. Like I've seen things marketed as like a real food plan, even though it's primarily made up of supplements and not real food at all. Right, or yeah. like they'll have clearly like plastered all over their stuff. This is not a diet, even though it's very clearly a restrictive mm-hmm. diet. You know? Um I even wrote a blog post this year saying, is it a lifestyle change or a diet? Because yeah. <laughs> there's a big difference. But and I wrote it in response to I was on a company's website and it said, this is not a diet while the protocol involves one meal a day and well under a thousand calories, oh, wow. which right. FYI, guys, <laughs> that's a diet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I also see companies, and we've talked about this too. Companies will use the before and after photos to say, yeah. like, "Hey, look how healthy this person got," because weight loss is synonymous with health. So if somebody loses weight, then they obviously got healthy. But then consumers will say, like. Well, I guess that's what I have to do in order to get healthy. But it's really all wrapped up in this disordered diet mentality. And I I always talk about how insidious it is. Like we subscribe to diet culture without even realizing it because those beliefs are so ingrained and so deep. So, but it's, it's hard. It's, you know, I know it's hard. You know, it's hard. It's hard to see a before and after picture and not want to click the buy now button right underneath. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to hear, so I certainly have compassion for people that feel that way, because we all feel that way. We all want to pull the trigger. We all want that like that easy answer and that like magic bullet and that quick fix. But I'm, I would love to hear your take if, if you have any advice or support for someone that's listening that might get swept up in the sirens call of a quick fix or an easy solution, whether it has to do with diet or exercise. Do you have
1: any words of wisdom or advice for women that are confused? Yeah. um, I mean, it it can be tough because, you know, we see a lot of that through social media and the Internet. And there's just so much information out there, which I think is also why people tend to be really confused and they don't know where to start, um, how to start, what to do. And, you know, we start to get all these little voices of comparison that will make us want to hit the buy now. And but not everything is for everyone and not everything works for everyone. So I say do your research and go beyond just the before and after pictures and also think beyond the quick fix. You know, what's something you'd want to do for the long haul? And I don't think many people would want to have a restrictive and strict diet program forever. So don't do it, you know. Um, And I would say talk with people who have done the programs you're considering, get their experience, reach out to the source. And when it comes time to investing in your health and in you, you want to make sure it's a really good investment I mean you're gonna be putting in a lot of time and money and energy so be smart about it and it shouldn't be a quick fix it shouldn't be restrictive and um, chances are when you are hitting that buy now on a quick fix program um, someone has probably tried a similar one before and it hasn't worked so why why take that approach again and it's all a journey and be patient and enjoy it that's such a good point
0: that chances are you've done a program like this before. Yeah. Um, I, you know, something that I say is like, look for the evidence, you know, like if, if, you know, is something going to work? Well, like look for the evidence. Is that true? You know, has this worked for you in the past? And if not, it probably won't work for you now. Mm Um, I had, you know, just today I had a client come in and, and she's, um, she's older and has been on, like gone on bouts of the macrobiotic diet. And so she she feels her absolute best when she's on the macrobiotic diet, but she's hearing a lot of bad things about grains. And so she's like, because the macrobiotic, for those who are listening, um, it's a very grain-based diet. Mm -hmm. And so she's all worried that that, um, that she shouldn't do that. But the more we talked, the more she's like, you know what? I just feel the best. I felt the best in my life that I've ever felt when I was on this macrobiotic diet. And I always go back to it for a reset to start feeling better again. And it's like, we're so conditioned to continue to seek the answers outside of ourselves that she's sitting there telling me I feel best when I eat a high grain diet, but couldn't even hear it herself. You know, it's, it's so wild how, Mm -hmm. um, how crazy that is.
1: But yeah, well, I think that's the thing. I mean, we're so used to following something outside of ourselves that we forget, or we just are not connected to what's, what's good for us, what's right for us. and, And at different seasons and phases in our lives. And there's so much out there. We get all caught up in what we should be doing and that we really do just lose touch with, with what feels good and really moving from our own intuition and, and eating that way as well.
0: All right. I love that you just hit on intuition because yeah. a big thing that keeps coming up Uh, with with people either writing into the show or clients of mine or just people that I'm talking to is this idea of intuitive eating and how that's kind of everybody's ultimate goal with food. I just want to get to this place of intuitive eating and mindful eating. And so they're asking for like quick tips and tricks on how to be an Mm. intuitive eater. But the crazy thing about it is, is that we're not using intuition and mindfulness in any other area of our lives. And then we expect to just like, you know, hop into the kitchen and open our cupboard and all of a sudden be this like intuitive, mindful being. It doesn't Uh work that way. If you're consistently shutting down your intuition, you're never going to get to a place where you're an intuitive eater. Right. So, paying attention to what's going on inside of ourselves and really honoring that and listening, like, what is my body saying right now? That is yeah. how we become more intuitive and more of an intuitive eater. And that, that stuff doesn't happen overnight. I hate to be the the bearer of bad news, but no. that is not the quick fix that takes time and patience and yeah. an effort, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So, Let's get into some some listener questions and this is more around, you know, the specific exercises and weight loss. And I mean, we talk a lot about like weight loss, not being the goal, weight loss, not being the goal, like over and over again. I feel feel like this, we say it on every single podcast, but I had somebody write in that it's like, I get that. But like, what if I actually have to lose weight? Like, what if I have significant weight to lose? And I know I need to lose it in order to feel better. And I don't want to discount that because that is, you know, that is certainly the case for some people. And quite frankly, if if you want to lose weight, that's your prerogative. It's not up for me or AJ or Kyle to be like, well, you don't need to lose weight. You know, like that, Mm -hmm. you know, that's on you. And if that's where you are in your journey, like, cool. Um, So I'd love to hear your professional recommendation for, I want to say, I want to just preface this by saying let's a healthy woman. So somebody that's not experiencing adrenal fatigue, not experiencing burnout, somebody that's not under eating. So they're eating substantial amount of calories, not on a restricted diet. They've got like a good, clean bill of health. So a healthy woman looking for weight loss that actually has significant weight to lose, like at least 10 pounds to lose. What would be the most effective exercise for weight loss? And like, you know, give us some details, like how often, um, is too much of a good thing too much? How do you know when you're over-exercising? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, with the most effective exercise for weight loss, it's, it's kind of tough because it's kind of like someone asking you what's the best diet for weight loss it's so it's so based on the individuals and I don't really believe that there is one thing um but I would say you could kind of go through a little protocol or method with yourself and and then I can go into some of exercises and training programs that can help support that and um but first I'd say most importantly and this is what we were just talking about you know being able to get back to your intuition and I think it is it's developing an exercise or practice that that does give you more space to really connect yourself and how you feel. Um, And, you know, you're moving from a place that's of support and kindness and acceptance, because if your actions and movements and habits and decisions are all rooted in fear and from a place of dislike, that external stuff's just not going to happen. So, you know, first thing, you really got to accept and love where you are and where you're starting from. And and then from there, becoming aware of what's going on. Because um, it's really from that place of awareness and acceptance that we can start to shift what's not working into what is. So just really getting real with yourself, you know, check in with yourself, become aware of your current habits. What does your diet look like? Um, what does your exercise look like? How are you spending your time and energy? Um, just really checking in on how you currently feel about yourself and why. And then after that, consistency is is really key. So creating actionable habits. And I break down my client's goals into smaller, manageable, sustainable, and enjoyable habits that they can commit to 90% of the time. That's going to um, yield results to that greater goal. And so doing that on a daily basis, one on a habit on a weekly basis, and then on a monthly one. And so if you're going to be consistent with that, you know, you want to make sure that you enjoy it and it's something that you really do love to do. And so that's really kind of a basic, I would say, starting point for everyone. And um, and then on top of that, when somebody has a pretty good relationship with themselves and like you were saying, they, um, they're just looking to to lose some weight and feel stronger in their body, then I say make sure that they're, they've got a nice, well-rounded and balanced program that tending to the physical body, the mind, and the heart. Bring in the weights, total body strength training, high-intensity interval training, you know, one to three times a week with the high-intensity interval training, and, and then adding in cardiovascular activity, stretching, and mobility. And, and these do not have to be extensive workouts. You can get in a really effective, efficient workout in just 20 minutes or even less. And, and of course, what you're nourishing yourself with is so important for weight loss. It is. Yeah, <laughs> I think you would know. That. <laughs> you might think so. <laughs> I'm shocked to
0: hear this. Um, okay, one thing we have to circle back to around to is you said something about if it's rooted in fear, and mm. I, you know, I, I've we've had Dr. Kristen Zames. She's a physical therapist on the uh, show yeah, before, amazing. and I talked. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. I've talked about her probably on every episode, I feel like. Um, but one thing she's helped me really understand is this idea of, I mean, it has a lot to do with, with neuroscience and how the brain works. Mm-hmm. But is if you're approaching exercise from a place of stress and fear- right you're like, nothing is firing appropriately. Your muscles aren't like things aren't on target and you're so much more apt to get injured too. Like on top of everything else, I was like, I am the, the injury queen. I, I would always get injured with running and like i mean i was just always injured and i mean part of it is that i've got this instability in my joints but i think the bigger part of it quite frankly is that i was approaching exercise from not from a place of love like you're saying but from a place of fear like i can't get fat i i need to lose weight um i need to you know run x amount of miles in order to maintain i have to earn my food through exercise it was like this frantic frantic thing versus like hey i'm moving because i enjoy it
1: right and that we get to, you know, I have for so long operated in the state, I should be doing this, I have to do this, and I'm beating myself up when I wouldn't do that. And like I said, you know, that led me down a, a long road of some health issues and essentially being forced to move from that place of operating out of love and not fear-based because, the body is going to respond to that fear and it's going to want to protect you so that it's going to want to protect you with holding on to weight and then injuries are going to come up because stuff is going to start to to get out of whack based off of that fear and so i really do i think it's so important that your starting point is coming from that place of love and acceptance and moving from that place and i'm
0: glad that you touched upon the weight piece too because i don't think we always make that connection if your body is if, if your body perceives a threat, that could be fear, that could be stress. Mm-hmm. It, the last thing it's going to do is let go of weight. Oh, the yeah. last thing it's going to do. Yep. Um, okay. So that's super helpful. And I love, you know, I love w- what you said about awareness and checking in. I think a lot of this, this this intuition work requires radical honesty. It's being mm-hmm. so completely honest with ourselves. Um, I think we do so much checking out because we're afraid to yeah. to sit still with ourselves and just be, you know, be honest. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons that we're constantly looking for the answers outside of ourselves, but you know coming coming back home and being like is this coming from a place of love or is this coming from a place of fear am i doing this because i'm so excited that i you know to use your term that i get to do this what an honor what a privilege yeah. or am i forcing myself to do this because i think i should for x y and z reasons mm-hmm. um and then also the consistency piece is it's like that's something that I do in my own work. It's like, okay, we could talk about all the supplements you can take and the the right diet, but what are you actually going to do? Like, what are you right. going to follow through with? So, like, I can, you know, write you out a laundry list of things to do, but like, where's the compliance? Like, what what are you willing to do, and what can you like? What feels good for you to stick with because that's going to be the most effective thing in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love, you know, I'm
1: I'm writing down notes for my own <laughs> self consistency. Start small too. <laughs> you know i think i think start small because then you can be consistent with it like i was saying something that you know you can commit to 90% of the time
0: yeah that's huge okay so you had mentioned weights one of our question was cardio versus weights what's mm-hmm. more effective for weight loss i think a lot of us still have like the cardio brain yeah. you know like trapped from like the 80s and the 90s yeah. um and I know you know you had t- said it, it depends
1: on the individual, but if you had yeah. to pick one over the other,
0: or is it not that kind of thing? It's like
1: both. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they're both, uh, they both have unique benefits and they're both effective and important for weight loss. Um, the thing with strength training and building lean muscle mass on the body is that you'll burn more calories at rest. So BMR is a metabolic rate and the greater amount of lean body mass, you have the greater BMR, the greater, the en- energy expenditure while at rest, so essentially doing nothing. Um, And really strength training though, it's not just important for weight loss and body composition, but building muscle is really critical for building healthy life over the long term and it's essential for healthy bones and a strong immune system. So, But I do think that they're they're both important and when it comes down to cardio, I would say cut back on that long duration cardio and instead include intervals. And then supplement that with, um, movement throughout the day. So when I'm saying cardio, it can even just look like a walk outside, getting up throughout your work day to add in some more movement. Um, yeah. So adding in intervals and that can look like going for a walk for a minute and then kicking up a notch to a jog for a minute, alternating between the two for about 20 to 30 minutes. And, you know, if you're more advanced that will look like a run and then sprint intervals and basically wanting to alternate between performing at around 60 to 75% of your maximum heart rate with bursts of um, operating under 80 to 90% the maximum heart rate. And then when you you start to do this type of cardio work, the body is using glycogen for energy and you'll start to burn more after the exercise is over. Um, But I love, I love strength training because you can also get your cardio in with strength training. So you move in from one exercise to the next, that's keeping your heart rate up. You can add in stuff like everyone's favorite burpees, um, plyometrics, squat jumps, stuff like that. So I would say implement strength training off the bat if I, if I guess if I had to choose one right now. <laughs> so I totally put
0: you on the spot there. Um, <laughs> You know what, I know that you do a lot of this. We do have a pretty local, you know, there's a lot of people locally that listen to this show, so... Um, I know that you have some local classes in case people are like, oh, I would love to check those out. The Girl Be Fit fit classes. Why don't you tell people a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Girl Be Fit, we meet outdoors. Um, It's a summer series and we do a lot of these exercises that I'm talking about. So high intensity interval training, a lot of body weight stuff, circuit style training, metabolic conditioning, and really empowering, fun atmosphere and i run that throughout the summer and into the fall in new hampshire so i'd love for anyone listening if they want to jump in on that you can shoot me a message if you have any questions and i can get you set up there but that's something i've been running here on the seacoast for about six years now and i saw such a need for it Um, i started working at thrive for women it used to be elements and i really owe that place so much credit to being, um, something that really sparked this, this huge interest and passion of mine and health and fitness. And, but that sense of community was so empowering and women supporting each other. And there was just really nothing like that on the Seacoast at the time and not this like empowering, challenging workouts, but ones that you knew that you're capable of doing and, and having that community based here. So it's kind of how Girl Be Fit was born and it's taken off and, and yeah Love and they're so,
0: the exo- they're so fun they're
1: so fun they're so fun so it's like you're working your butt
0: off but you're having such a blast doing it yeah and one of the questions that came in was what is the most efficient workouts for busy women? like how do you get Ooh. the most bang for your buck and I feel like the type of exit the, the type of stuff you're doing in those classes would really fit that bill
1: yeah I was gonna say my workouts so <laughs> you know, um I have a lot of clients though that I meet online with too for 30 minutes or even less you know they're busy women. Um, and yeah, the majority of my workouts and my programs or if I'm giving you workouts online or anything, they're usually 10 to 25 minute workouts that you can do anywhere. And yeah, with Girl Be Fit, we're mixing it up in a very progressive manner. Um, and they're efficient, effective workouts in a short period of time and in a fun, empowering atmosphere. So,
0: so what about, this is another question that came in. Um, for somebody that might be stuck at home or prefers to stuck at home, <laughs> I make having kids sound like so much fun. Um, what, if that's looking to start an at-home workout routine, what would be the top three pieces of equipment to have?
1: Yeah, well, you really don't need anything. I mean, if you've got chairs, benches, couches at home, great. Great fitness equipment, um, even towels on hardwood floors, a mat. That's really all of that stuff. That's more than enough. And you can begin there. But if you are looking to, I would say, to, if you're wanting to kick it up a notch and or if you travel regularly, resistance bands are awesome to have. Kettlebells, they're great for strength training, hip, metabolic conditioning. And then I also love the TRX suspension trainer. and I travel with this a lot too. It's easy to use at home. yeah you can you can get a really effective workout just utilizing your own body weight and then getting creative with chairs and and benches and couches at home you know i am so back in
0: november i started a facebook group called the functional holidays group Mm, and um, yeah and so aj contributed work at home workouts to those that were awesome and so that group is still open I should probably change the name since it's uh, June <laughs> <That's> the <holidays>. <laughs> <laughs> but there's videos within that group and there's also um, like the workouts are written out she wrote them out and those are saved in the file so I'm going to make sure to link to that in this show notes so you guys can get a little taste of what AJ has to offer in terms of her workouts because yeah, um, awesome. that those would be you know those are a good place to start um, before we go I want to make sure that we talk about the upcoming wild vibes fest but um you know, you're such travel is such a big part of what you do. I mean, you're gone for most of the year. You're all over the place. So I'd love to hear how, like why you love to travel so much, what you learn from other cultures, and how does that shape the work that you do and just kind of the view you have not only on the world, but on, you know, on how we look at our bodies and approach our health. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, oh, there's so much I love about travel. Um, and if I could get anyone to do anything it would be to go travel extensively without a plan and was I know that's not accessible for everyone but I feel for me at least getting to spend time in another culture and one that on the surface is less fortunate than ours it's truly been life-changing and yeah travel really honestly it's shifts perspective and you're really forced to meet yourself and under some challenging conditions it really brings you into the present moment and into a state of gratitude and I mean, honestly, nothing goes according to plan when you're traveling. So it really just teaches you how to adapt and go with the flow and accept what is. But it, through travel, it's what really introduced me to the practices that are currently a huge part of my life. And I learned and I studied yoga and meditation in different parts of the world. And, um, you know, after traveling through Southeast Asia, I became really interested in natural ways of healing and holistic medicine and Eastern practices and Sri Lanka, the Ayurvedic medicine and Buddhism is widely practiced. And yeah, just Central America, I mean, life moves so slowly there, and it's just so simple, and um, I started to see such an emphasis on family and community in mealtimes and other cultures, and that we just don't really have as much here, and there's such an emphasis on what we've been talking about, that, like, do more, busy, busy, and high levels of stress, and and I would even notice when I would go away and I would start to take that pressure off of myself and I didn't, ha- I was not operating under that high level of stress. Um, a lot of my symptoms um, would subside and they would come back and there they were again. Um, but yeah, wow. just, even yeah, the acts of kindness I received in a different country and from people that have far less than I do, it just... You know, it made me realize, too, just how poor, essentially, we can be here at home. And you don't need that physical stuff to really make you feel full and rich. And, yeah, it's just, it's a huge part of, huge part of my life. And um, it's such, it's, it's so necessary. And it's played such a a big role in my personal and professional life. and, And now I also lead retreats abroad. So being able to incorporate that travel aspect.
0: And give that gift to, to other people. I, um, I, I think it's so wild when I hear, and I hear this frequently enough with clients that when they're either it's, they're on vacation or they're traveling or they're somewhere else, they can, um, their symptoms do subside or like somebody with food sensitivities might be able to get away with yes. eating foods they couldn't eat here. Right. And I know, you know, it could, it could very well have to do with food processing and chemicals used in agriculture, but I think mm-hmm. a lot more, it has to do with the fact that we're just chilled out. Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'd love to look at studies that look at, um, like the digestive ailments in the U S versus, other countries, like you said, Central America, how things yeah. are so much slower and meal time is more emphasized. Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah, I remember actually my doctor telling me that too, and I was going through a lot of food sensitivities and allergies, and she said, um, "You, I'll probably be okay eating those foods abroad, and stay away from it essentially when I was back here in the states." And yeah, too, it would be funny because my routine was very different than it was at home. I would actually, there'd be a lot more walking when I'm traveling or just different activities, more hiking. And I wouldn't really have that very strict regimented exercise routine or, and, you know, my diet was kind of a little all over the place, just different. And food is a huge part of traveling as well. And um, yeah, I would notice a big change in my, my physical body and one that felt a lot lighter and Felt really strong and good my body too and probably like what you were saying just taking away a lot of that that pressure that we put on ourselves makes a big difference it does <laughs> um so
0: speaking of travel i will be traveling at the end of july uh, we are going way up Maine off the grid. It's the Ooh. most beautiful place. I've one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. I'm so excited. But the downside is that I'm going to miss <laughs> Wild Vibes Fest. I know. I know you had reached out to ask if I could do something. And like, it's one of my favorite. I mean, I love that event so, so, so much. And it's, I'm going to be bummed to not be there. But why don't you tell all the listeners about it? Because it's so incredible, you guys. If you have the opportunity to go, you have to go to this.
1: Yes, I'd love to have you. Um, Wild Lives is a yoga, music, and arts festival that gives back to Satya Yoga and Cancer and Curiesa Humanitarian Foundation. And it's happening on July 28th in South Berwick, Maine. Um, It's essentially just a day-long celebration where you can take a variety of holistic health workshops, experience it, um, yoga classes, some of the best teachers around. We have the kids' corners, we've got kids' yoga going on um, with a marketplace with local and international artisans and vendors and live music happening all day long, um, different artist performances. It's just a really special community event that, that also gives back in big ways. And this is actually our fifth, our fifth year and my friend Maggie and myself we started this yeah 5 years ago and it's been really cool to just see how the community comes together and brings this whole thing to life
0: yeah you just walk away feeling like the, like amazing just so good about i don't know everything life and people <laughs> just like yeah everything. Oh, i love that <laughs> um all right aj well thank you so much for being on the show i'm going to make sure to link to all things aj her website um wild vibes fest all the good stuff that we talked about here um on the show go follow her on instagram i'll link to her handles girl be fit is one of her handles and um anything
1: else you want to say before we close out oh erin thank you so much for having me this has been a lot of fun honored to be here and yeah thank you Yeah, you're the best.
0: And you guys, um, I know you had said this already, AJ, but if you're looking for training, AJ does online training. So you can contact her from anywhere in the world. Um, She can work with you. She can work with you through through the internet, which is pretty amazing. Definitely. Uh, (laughs) All right, lady. Thanks so much, and I will catch up with you soon.
1: All right.
0: Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you got something from today's show, don't forget, subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.